I don't really care what you think. <laughs> um, I'm going to do it my way, finally. It was when I realised that even when I was trying to fit in, I didn't. I couldn't. I just, you know, like the, the mums at, at primary school, some of them thought I was really scary. I thought, I don't think I'm scary, but I do say what I think. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Welcome, everyone, to Brilliant Misfits. I'm Asia Kennedy, your host. I'm really excited today because I'm going to talk to someone who is very creative, but in a different way. And that's why I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Um, I, I often talk about creativity, and I think that the definition of what is creative can be very narrow. And I like to really highlight the fact that creativity is in everything that we do. We are creative. So it doesn't matter what we're doing. We bring our creativity to us and it is a choice of having fun with whatever we're doing. So my guest today, her name is Dune Clifton. She's a bookkeeper and a biz and life sorter outer. Her superpower is translating from the linear thinking of regulation and compliance to the fuzzy thinking of creatives. She loves business and thinks having our own business is an amazingly creative endeavor. So welcome to the program, Dune. I'm very happy that you're here today. Hi. So what I want to dive into is like, I think people think that bookkeeping and that sort of um, business is really boring and not creative. And I want you to just talk about how you got into that and why you find it a creative experience. Okay, I fell into bookkeeping. I, my first degree was hotel management and I was a cook and that's my son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, we're and, live, so anything can happen, but it's all good. Um, so, yeah, so I was a cook and I went and I did a three-year business degree and I had a catering company with a, a girlfriend who's a proper chef. So I ended up by default doing all the business side of things for our business. And I didn't really think much of it at the time. Then a few years later, a friend started a nightclub and he was a computer guy, his brother was a record industry guy, the other two guys were DJs, they knew nothing about business. And I was sort of, because I'd done it recently, I knew all the regulation and stuff. So I said, have you done, you know, have you done your training and have you done this? And he said, oh, come work for me. So I did. And that started me off on the path of, making things nice, which is my why, for people in hospitality and then because of the kind of clubs I was involved in, the staff that then started their own business were doing things like um, furniture design or film costume design. So that sort of morphed into the creativity bit. Mm. And it wasn't till I'd been in business for about five or six years that I went, hang on, this is my business. This is my world that I can shape however I like. So if I want to have business meetings at a spa, you know, pop down to Mornington Peninsula Hot Spring Spa and have our you know, planning and um, 
uh, discussions about where we're going while we're sitting in a hot spring, I can do that. It doesn't need to be on a golf course. I don't need to do it like I see in the media. Um, and that was that was a real eye-opener for me and it's something I coach my clients about when they talk about their business. I say, well, what is it that you want to achieve for you? Um, that's, you know, I, and I see bookkeeping as part of like being the gardener. So your business is a garden and it might be a little courtyard or it might be a massive, you know, 100-acre permaculture plot, but bookkeeping is about sort of doing the routine maintenance and the pruning and the weeding so that you can let the structure, you can see what's doing well and, and help that go and you can um, plan things if you that's what a budget is. It's like a landscape for your business. Mm. So that's kind of the overview of how I fell into it and my overview of how I think about business. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, Dune. That's, um, you know, I think that I know for myself, for the area of that part of my business, I often just put blinders on, like I don't even want to look at it. Do you find that a lot of people have resistance to, you know, their gardening of their business? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and often the when I first, you know, get a client, they are sick. They they have that the not looking has led to fears and um you know, they, they, they're not sleeping, they're not well, and it really is, it's often a crisis either in their um, relationships, their main romantic relationship or a business relationship or the ATO. So it's it's like things really have to come to a head before people will deal with it. Mm. But I, I had a beautiful thing a couple of weeks ago where somebody hasn't done her books for a few years and I um, set up the bank feed and, we haven't quite finished it, but we've done, you know, all bar a handful of stuff. And I said, oh, just just have a look. And she had thought that, and her husband had thought, and had been trying to get her to stop the business, that it was um, taking up money from them. But in fact, she'd made a $20,000 profit. Mm. But because she'd invested that in stock, of course, she didn't have any money in the bank. But she, because she hadn't looked at her figures, she didn't actually know how she was really going. And she cried. <laughs> she cried with relief. She cried the first time I went because there was somebody going, it's all right, we can do this. This is, this is what I do. And then she cried with absolute relief when I sort of gave her, said, mm -hmm. you, there's not a year that you've made a loss. Um, and she, so I, I and she had no idea about that because. No, yeah. none, because people look at their bank statement, which is, particularly if you don't have a dedicated bank statement, it's just it, it really doesn't give you the full picture. People's businesses are usually better than they think they are. That's a good thing to, for us to hear, for me and the <laughs> listeners. Like, yeah, because we always think the worst. And I think that's sometimes why I bury my head in the sand is because I, you know, the, of that fear. And also the fear that like, oh, it's just going to cost me a fortune. I don't want to do it myself, like do the bookkeeping and all of that. So, you know, then I just avoid it because I think, well, I'm going to have to spend fortune to to tidy it up or get it set up. But actually, I don't think that's true, is it? It, it can be, depending on how messy you are, mm. but uh, if 
particularly if you've only got one bank account and maybe one credit card that you use, then you can, with modern software and bank feeds, the days of you know someone sitting there and grinding through entering stuff that's gone, because you can you can set up rules so that you know everything from Telstra you can set up a rule to say that it's you know thirty percent business, seventy percent private, and you just hit a button and all of those payments are dealt with. So I would probably allow often, you know, $1,000 a year or something, if you're giving everything over, but that is tax deductible. Yeah, and really in the big picture, you know, it's not that much of an outlay for your business. No, no. And once once you've caught up and tidied everything up, then a, a good bookkeeper can either do the work for you or assist you. Uh, and nowadays with, with the modern modern software, whether you're using QuickBooks online, online or Xero, um, you, it's so easy to do your books every day, if failing that every week. And what's really exciting is to actually go, I have a little spreadsheet where I put at the end of each month, I put that month's um, income in a, against last month's income and pretty much since I've been doing that every month is better than the month the same month in the previous years and that's a little bit exciting um, and you know that 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 inspires you to, to do that little bit extra work because you say oh next month uh, was a good month last year I, I need to work a little bit harder to do better than that Mm, so you're actually tracking yourself where if you don't have any idea that you, you can't even begin to think about taking a different action or whatever it yes. is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The, um, example, I, um, because I come from hospitality, one of the most common things that people say to me is I need to cut my staff's pay. And I can in 15 minutes look at their figures and – the answer almost always is their alcohol cost percentage is way too high and my question will be, so how much do you drink in your bar? How often do you have your friends come into the bar and you all have drinks and you don't pay for them? And they say, oh, that's a perk of being a bar owner. And you go, yes, but the reason why your bar isn't making money is because you're drinking the profits, not because the staff have been paid too much, because you can – as a landscape, so you know that the staff should be thirty percent, and alcohol should be thirty percent, and you know rent should be no more than ten percent. So it's, it's you know it's a you can actually and, and the tax office gives you these numbers for nothing. Like you can look at these figures and go, oh, I'm you know, I'm an electrician, which not any of your business are, and I shouldn't be spending more than seven percent on motor vehicle expenses. So until you not have your numbers, you can't actually see where you're out of balance. Mm. You're like a little beacon of light, Dune, sh shining um, all these. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, and, it, and it's actually um, creating a sense of, uh, I would say, more excitement and fun in having your business, just knowing that these things are available and that you can actually look at things and that you can actually even hire someone to help you look at them, and then once you mm. have a handle on it, I mean, it just makes a whole lot of sense. Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm not saying that sitting there with your receipts and matching them is fun because it's not. 
but you can make it a little bit fun with, you know, a nice stamp and timing yourself to see, you know, how quickly you can do that pile. It isn't fun, but it has to be done hmm. to then get to the bits that really are fun. Yeah. You know, who, yeah. who likes facts? Cleaning, for instance. <laughs> Adult life sadly full of things that um, are no fun. Mm. But we but can have a better attitude if we have an overview of we're doing this because this will lead to this. And, you know, it's a more holistic approach rather than just seeing it as this pile of receipts <laughs> as a chore separate from anything else. Yes, yes. Mm. So that, gonna, that sort of... Mm? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'll, I'll let you go. Well, I wanted to sort of dive into your um, your history of growing up, and I mean, you came onto the show, which is brilliant, Misfits, and I can always I can see your brilliance, but I want to see like the misfit uh, part of your life because I think it's an interesting one. I've read a little bit about it that you've um, shared with me. Uh, growing up in a in a very different environment, I would say, than most of us. Can you share a little bit about yes. that? Yes. Um, well, I was, well, am the daughter of uh, political activists who, you know, quite happily call themselves socialists and raised my sister and I up to change the world. And, uh, you know, I can give you a very good Marxist interpretation of anything. And we went to an alternative school and I... <laughs> I just didn't fit in there. I'm. I do like things to be orderly, um, even though I don't really like routine. I I don't like things to be unsure underfoot, particularly financially. I find that very stressful. And I like rules because one of the things about going to a school that's run by consensus is that things suddenly change, and there are many, many, many unwritten rules which if, like me, you were sort of absorbed in lots of things, you know, I wasn't that finely tuned in to everybody around me, so I was constantly tripping over, um, you know, group rules which I wasn't aware of. And, I mean, the, the, the clearest example was I joined the local venture group, which you know, is a 16-year-old girl. There are four girls, 16 boys. What's not to like about that? And I had a ball in Zemphis. But my mother, my mother was so bothered that I wanted to join that paramilitary organisation. Like it was just, you know, it was, it was like joining the Scouts was a massive rebellion, which I didn't intend it to be. I just saw something that was a lot of fun and quite structured and we did lots of physical stuff um, and we didn't sit around navel-gazing, which just really wasn't my strength. So, yeah, and the the other thing, you know, it was a bit weird. I was I was politically active. Um, I was in Young Labor from fourteen, but then once again, um, everybody else in Young Labor at that stage was a member of the right wing faction, and I was the only Young Labor member in Victoria who wasn't. <laughs> it was, and that was quite difficult because it meant that I never got elected to things. I mean, I was president of my local branch, but I never got elected to things and I just refused to knuckle under and uh, participate in the group think. Um, and that that inability to put up with group think has 
like it really hindered me in my um, younger years because I couldn't work with large organisations because if I thought that they were talking crap, I'd say that. I'd say, I, I don't think that works. And I try to be really gentle, but being a woman, if you're too gentle, you're dismissed, and if you're not gentle, then you're aggressive and bossy. <laughs> I know, it's not, it just doesn't seem to be a middle ground in there, does it? <laughs> there isn't any. There, no. I, I, for a long time I looked for it and I just, I just decided that there wasn't any. And that's how I ended up being in business for myself. Like I, I had always expected that I would be part of a big movement, a big political movement to change um, well, you were, you were raised to think that you were going to do that. You know, that's quite a pressure to have yeah. coming from your family context of like you're there to change the world. And I mean, it's wonderful in one sense, but then I can imagine as a young child, it's quite huge. Yes, yes. And I think had had I been a boy, um, I probably would have um, gone down that path because, mm. you know, I still – it's still a, um, you know, something I love to do. It's since I, um, in the last fortnight, I've ended up being a candidate for Deputy Lord Mayor for the City of Melbourne because you know, somebody I really admire and want to get up as councillor needed someone to step into that role and I've been surprised at how goddamn good I am at that. <laughs> I'm really good at public speaking. I know the backstory of every political um, and local issue, um, you know, it's, it, I love that world. But I didn't love it enough to suck up, you know, my concerns to put up with appalling behaviour from men, quite frankly, and um, the group think. Just can't do it. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. I'm loving and your story, dude. I'm just loving this story and I want to hear about your daughter, but I, I just had to jump in and say that, you know, there's such a strength in you because, you know, changing the world, <clears throat> you know, that phrase can, it sounds like this big thing, you know, this, you know, sort of really extroverted thing, but, you know, there's so many ways that we change the world and it can be very quiet. It can be a very different approach. It's just about being really authentic to yourself and doing it your way and saying no to things that don't resonate with you and having that strength that you seem to have to say that, no, that's, I'm not having a bar of that. And in that way, we are changing the landscape. And so, yeah, tell me about your daughter. Okay, well, she's she's an introvert as opposed to her extroverted mother, mm. but still is coming up against that, um, you know, that the fact that there is no actual path for women in um, who want to make a difference. It's extraordinarily difficult, and I, you know, I, I want to tell her that everything's going to be fine and um, you know it will all work out, but. I also have made a point of not lying to my children. So, you know, I just, I'm sorry, darling, but Oops. in a, a parent-teacher um, interview uh, that she needed to smile more. And this was a PE teacher and I just was like, you're not even aware, you silly man, that she's an AIS athlete. <laughs> 
you, you just think she should smile more because she's a 14-year-old girl. It was just like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, I'm strongly encouraging, strongly encouraging my daughter to have her own business and run her own life because, you know, quite frankly, she's only 14, but I can't see the world changing quickly enough for her to really be able to have a, a fulfilled life trying to fit into you know, the the patriarchy, let's be honest. Um, so, you know, yeah, my son, he's fine. Yeah, she's going to have a harder path. Yeah, and I think it's really wonderful that you're aware of that, you've been through that, and that you can support her. And I think, you know, there's a lot of women today, as you know, who are um, in business for themselves in an entrepreneurial way, an online way. Um, and it, I think that is it because it's it's the path where we can be true to ourselves and not have to compromise and we we know our gifts we know what we have to offer and you know we can do it in our own way without someone telling us no you have to do it this way so and I think there's a lot of support out there available I know that um, there are many Facebook groups I even have a Facebook group myself a closed group that supports women in finding their own way and really shining their light in the way that they're meant to and, and not through anyone else's uh, ideas or agenda. Mm, absolutely. And I've, I've found that so comforting. Like I, I've been able to say, you know, I'm not wrong. I, I, I can live my authentic life. The fact that many people in my like physical world you know, think I'm uh, over the top or a bit um, extravagant in my gestures. You know, that's that's kind of their issue. Um, mm. you know, and I I would be very interested to look at the link between women and autoimmune disease and that you know shutting down of parts of ourselves. Yeah, that's because a really good point. I, really good point, Dune. Yeah. I have my health has been so much better since I've gone. You know what? I don't really care what you think. <laughs> um, I'm going to do it my way. Mm. Finally, it was when I realised that even when I was trying to fit in, I didn't. I couldn't. I just, you know, like the the mums at at primary school. Some of them thought I was really scary. I, thought, I don't think I'm scary, but I do say <laughs> what I think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I don't use. But I don't desire if I think that something needs to be changed, then I'll say so and mm. why and what I think it should change to. Um, but, you know, mm. some people find that a bit scary. So I've now given up trying to make them happy. I'm just making me happy. Yeah, I'd love that. And I think when we make ourselves happy, we have a, a huge impact on the world, even more than we, we would recognize sometimes. And, you know, the whole idea of fitting in, I mean, I've created this podcast, I have the Facebook group about brilliant misfits, because I actually see that, I mean, most of us are misfit in some way, shape or form, but women often feel misfit because we're really expected to be this or that. And you know, in a way, it's a, our gift, actually. And I, and I, when I realized that, you know, being half Japanese and growing up in an Irish Catholic uh, community with, you know, blonde children all around me, and I wanted to be like all of them, you know, at some point, you feel sad, like you recognize, like, mm -mm, no, it, it's never going to happen. 
but but that recognition is is actually becomes a strength because then you say okay well I'm not like that well who am I you know and you start to find out who you are and you start to attract people who are like you into your life and and it just snowballs into something else which is really quite amazing yeah the journey there is a bit uncomfortable between one path and the other mm. like there isn't it took me a few years and I had to let go of a few relationships. Um, you know, there are people who like you the way you are um, and you know, conforming to their expectations. So it's, it's not an easy path, but I think it's an easier path in the long run than trying to fit in mm. and you know, walk the journey that isn't your journey. Yeah, that's suffering to me. Yeah. That is yeah. the definition of suffering, not being true to you and walking your own path. And I, I agree, it's it's not easy, it, you know, but I think when, you know, I think life never gives us anything that's too hard. Like, and, and you know, people, they can either say yes and accept that it is a little bit difficult and challenging and they find help to get through it. And, you know, some people can't, but whatever it is, is like, it is doable. And I, I want to encourage and inspire the listeners that if you're in that place and feeling a little bit lost and feeling like you're not fitting in and you're not sure what to do, reach out. There's lots of support available to, you know, even find the friends that are the friends that accept you for who you are and love you no matter what. And the ones that want you to be a certain way, well, you have to look at, well, do I really need that in my life? Just like what you were saying, you had mm. to let go of some relationships. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I'm, and it's not that it's not worth doing. It's just some people think, oh, like there's resistance, this must not be the way. Um, but if the resistance is coming from outside you, then just, you know, Gently, if that's what works for you, or you know, push through because it's worth it. It's worth it, and it's, it's really worth it to, to really be entirely in your own skin. Mm. I like what you said about recognizing if the resistance is outside of you rather than inside. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, just explain that a little oh, bit. More that if the people outside, you are saying, well, aren't you getting a bit above yourself? You know, the, the mm -hmm. Australian thing of, of people think it's on themselves or, um, you know, if, if, if other people express a discomfort with what you're doing, uh, then that's not really your business. That's their business. Now, of course, you don't purposefully hurt people, but even if you're going to break someone's heart, that's really that's sad, but that might be what you have to do. Mm. Um, you know, it's you can't make everybody happy. The, uh, the best way to make everybody happy is to make yourself happy first, and then you have. You know, I'm a so much better mother now that I'm um, not constantly resenting having to do things. You know, when I say yes to something, I, I say yes wholeheartedly and do it without resentment. But if you're not living your life, then you end up saying yes to all sorts of things and saying no to things that you want to do, and you just you don't give from love. Your, your, your contributions are 
they're tainted with the resentment of it not being what you really want to be doing. That makes sense. It makes so much sense. It always comes back to that word love, and it's a big word, but I mean it in the purest essence and energetically, the love. If we do things from love and we fill ourselves up and we love ourselves and we look at where we're not happy and we make changes so that we are happy, it's like we're really filling up our cup and then it just overflows and that love overflows like you say and then it's pure and it's not tainted with resentment and I think that's a really really important point to make mm. yes so yeah I, I just it's so much you know people think of bookkeeping as a very unpleasant job but if I know that I'm contributing to a business that I I was, you know, value and a person I respect, and I'm doing that work from love. Mm. It it makes the oh my god, this is a great big pile of receipts. Just it, you know, it's like washing up after a feast that everybody has enjoyed and contributed to, as opposed to washing up after yet another dinner which everybody has sat there and eaten and not complimented you for. Like it's same task but so much easier. Mm. Um, yeah. Coming from a place of love. Yeah. yeah, so I'm feeling like that's, you know, that's sort of the underlying thing of, of what you're um, sharing with us today. And I really appreciate it because it, you know, it just is in everything and it always comes back to that. And it always is about loving who you are and what you're doing and what you're contributing in the world. And if you're not happy, if you're not feeling that, sense of of enjoyment or love it, it's really a sign it's a, an opportunity to have a look have a little closer look and see what little changes that you can make so that yeah that you can actually uh be in the world in that and in that place that's happy and I'm not saying happy as in a sort of naive way where we're just happy all the time I mean life has challenges there's lots of suffering but it's our attitude and how we deal with it if we stay aligned with love and we don't connect into the fear and we deal with the fear and we look at the resistance outside of ourselves then we can make a, a difference not only in our own lives but in the people that we love that are around us mm, absolutely Absolutely. Mm. So, June, so, I'm so happy changing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I might not be changing the world, but I think other people change the world. Mm. But I think it's, that you do, and I think we all have our little piece of light to add to the world. And, and it's so good that we are different and that we are diverse and that we all have different loves and there are all different things that make each of us as individuals happy because we are – we are unique and at the same time we're all the same. And I think that's really the beauty of, of you know, being on this planet and living this life. Yep, that's, that's true. So, Dune, I, I really appreciate that you came on the show with um, talking about something that probably, you know, has been a, a, a subject that's, you know, not that interesting for people, but I love what you've brought to it. And I love the fact that you come from a really true space within yourself and what you love to do. And I'm sure that'll evolve and grow and, and, um, and the people that get to work with you 
um, are probably enlightened in some way <laughs> about the whole process. So I want to share with the listeners if they want to um, get in touch with you and talk to you about your services, or maybe you can just chat with you about, you know, their business and, and how you can help them. How can they get in touch with you? Uh, probably my email's best. Mm-hmm. So I'll spell it out because it's complicated. Dune, D-O-O-N-E, at gecko, G-E-C-K-O, dash, the one in the middle, not the one down the bottom, services, S-E-R-V-I-C-E-S, Beautiful. I'll I'll also add that. I'll add that link to the show notes so that people who um, come to the podcast, they can get that link from the podcast itself. So it'll always be there. Terrific. And now, and I I can, yes, I can talk to people all over Australia too. It doesn't, nowadays, it doesn't have to be region, but geographically specific. Yeah, that's the beauty, isn't it? That's the beauty of technology. We can reach out uh, really across the whole nation. So now I just want to ask one more thing as we're just about out of time. And I want you to think about the listeners and if you were to hold their hands and look into these women's eyes or maybe men are listening as well, what little sage piece of advice can you give them based on what you do and what you've experienced in your life, some little tool that they can take away today, a little tip? Uh, if they haven't already discovered Danielle Laporte's work around core desired feelings as a form of goal setting, then that's where, you know, that, that was for me was one of the most transformative um learnings uh, was to, you know, a lot of people ask about, you know, how much do you want your business to make a year? But Danielle Laporte would say, well, what is it that you want your business to help you feel? What is it that you want to feel in your life? Do you want to feel joy? Do you want to feel awe? Do you want to feel accomplishment? And then it, for me, it made it so much easier to make decisions about directions in all sorts of things when I worked out what the feelings were that I wanted to be feeling as opposed to some sort of guess about how much money might help me feel the way I want to feel. Um, so it's like, I think it's actually coming down to the root of what what life is about, is feelings. It's not about money. Sounds like a funny thing for a bookkeeper to say, but money is simply a form of feeling, a form of transfer of, of uh goods and services it it is not in and of itself worth anything Mm, awesome awesome tip Mm, exactly awesome tip always it's always good to be reminded of that I could be reminded of that every day that you just have to ask how do I want to feel in my life when I wake up and whatever business I'm in what is it that I want to feel? How do I want to feel in my life? That's such an important question. And when you get that answer and when you know that in the core of your being, everything else falls into place, including setting up your money story in the whole, you know, accounting side of your business. Mm. Yeah, because that's just, it's just a form of energy. Mm-hmm. You can't eat money. You can't. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a useful thing, but. It's not, you know, it's not even pretty. Um, 
It's just yeah, it's yeah. neutral. And, so if you, and I think a lot of us put project things onto money. We make money evil. We make money bad. We, you know, we put all sorts of things. And actually, money is just an energy. And as you say, mm. and I, for me, what I've been practicing as well is not only how do I want to feel, but I've been also um, asking the energy of money, forgiveness for everything that I've put on it. I've made money bad. And I, you know, I say, please forgive me. And um, I say that to the energy of money. So that's been a little practice and a little tip that I'm going to share today with everyone. So, Dune, it's been absolutely a joy to have you on the show. I had no idea what to expect, but as always, I walk away from these interviews with amazing women and just with some like, wow, I didn't know about that, and just another perspective and another way of seeing things and also seeing the thread that runs through everything, which is the bottom line is, is that we're unique and yet we're all the same and at the bottom of it is is love and just follow what you love to do and everything else will just start to fall in place. Not that it's easy, but it will fall into place. So Dune, thank you. I'm really grateful that you agreed to be on the show. I loved having you today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening in today to another episode of Brilliant Misfits with Dune Clifton. The reason why I really enjoyed today's episode is because I really want to expand the definition of creativity and who is creative because, as you know, I go on about this a lot, is that we're all creative beings, every single one of us, and how that manifests and how that unfolds is so magnificently diverse. And so who would think that a bookkeeper or bookkeeping is a creative endeavor or a creative act. But for some people, because they love it and because it lights them up and it's their passion, it is creative. It's creative for them. And what they do and how they support and help people in that activity is a very creative act. And so they can actually take someone from a place of fear around their financial situation in business to a place of ease and flow and happiness. And I think that Creativity is like that when we bring something into existence that didn't exist before. And that could be as simple as like going from something that we were really terrified about into a space of ease and flow and feeling much more open about it. It's, it's part of that creative process. And I just love that. So I hope you enjoyed today's show with Dune and all the insights that she gave us around um, her loves and her passions and what lights her up and how she's helping others to really release the fears around their business. So until next week, be true to you and be brilliant. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www asiakennedy.com.